you're at a family reunion and you realize, whoa, there are a lot of little kids around. And as you watch them running and playing, investigating and learning, you start to notice something about their personalities. And that's that not the games aren't just games and playing isn't just playing. It's the method that they're using to really explore higher order cognition, higher order thinking skills. You know, they are following Bloom's taxonomy. They're creating, evaluating, analyzing, synthesizing, applying what they learned when they fell down and got back up. They, they really are utilizing everything that we use in training and development to build a great course. I'm Becky pike Booth with the Bob Pike Group, and gamification in the classroom isn't the newest of topics, and yet so many people are not using what they could as, as an advantage to their courses and curriculum. Just remembering those kids, if that's how we started learning, why not consider really looking at how you can bring that into the classroom? It's a really big part of pop culture. If you go on to um, iTunes and, and app stores, you're seeing just hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands of games that can be played. I know this very well because I have four children, ages six to 13, and they are literally coming to me with their phones, devices, iPad, whatever it might be, and saying, mommy, I want this because, you know, their neighbor kid has it or whatever. And I'm, I'm having to read up on the app and figure out, is it, is it a good one? And it gets exhausting, but it is exactly what pop culture has really brought into and, and we need to bring into the classroom. So games have elements that make them um, really powerful. So something that you need to consider as you're fig figuring out how to bring gamification in is one, what is the problem that the game will solve? And two, what's the skill that is needed, you know, for making this really work? Making a game really immersive in the classroom is one way to do it. But I find that the, the participants themselves immerse themselves when they're using cooperation, and when they're also competing, whether it's an outward competition for awarding dots or whether it's just an internal competition wanting to do better than they did last time, it really does create that engagement itself. Um, you know what? It's, it's all theory right now, but how do you actually put it into practice? Well, go ahead and, you know, our scorebooks, super closers, openers, revisitors, energizers, they aren't just games for the sake of games. They're all relevant to your content. Consider just flipping through one of those books and finding an activity that meets your desired outcomes. You don't have to go and recreate the wheel. If you are a really good designer or developer, go ahead and you can Google icebreakers. But remember, icebreakers are for parties. So when using that technique, you're going to want to make sure that you make it relevant to your content. So for example, um, if you're looking at a game uh, where you, know, you use it to get to know people at a party, how can you modify it to make it relevant to content where one of the pieces is going to be something that they've learned or one takeaway that they plan to apply. So, so making sure that that becomes an element. 
Um, another thing you want to consider is that there are multiple ways to get points throughout the day. And it's really one of those things that you don't want to make it tried and true every single time. One of the things we do is when people come back from break, we give them a dot for being on time and two dots if their entire table is back. Well, we do that consistently throughout the class. However, there are other times that we award, you know, you know, points and things where it's random and intermittent. Maybe someone shares an awesome comment. You might give a dot one time and not the next three times. And people are like, oh, I raised my hand. I thought I might get a dot. But we don't want to become lab rats, right? We want to make sure that we have people engaging for the sake of learning. Um, make sure that there is, again, um, an opportunity for you to kind of practice it in advance. Um, maybe you want to consider how you're going to do scoring. Perhaps you're going to have a seating chart and keep track of it on a whiteboard. Or maybe, for me, that is definitely a difficult thing. I just let them reward themselves and at the end count up their points. Because if they're going to be honest, they're going to be honest. And if they're not, they're not. I'm not going to sit and spend my time really making sure every single person has that reward. One of our new classes for 2018 is a two-day course on gamification and learning. And it's looking at both the technology aspects, perhaps you want to do gamification in e-learning, um, or maybe you want to do gamification in the classroom. Looking from both perspectives, how you can do low-tech and high-tech, making it work for you and your companies. So I want you to just encourage you in your next training session, consider these tips and, and really put it into play. Enjoy this creative training tip. Put it into practice this coming week. That which you practice and apply when behaviors change, learning has occurred.